This is wide receiver Brandon Zilstra here to talk about my unique story on the For the Athlete podcast. You're listening to For the Athlete, a podcast aimed at humanizing the athlete by giving them a platform to control their own narrative and tell their life stories. As always, here's your host, Brooks Huber. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to For the Athlete. I'm Brooks Huber, and today I'm joined by NFL wide receiver Brandon Zilstra. Brandon, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Absolutely. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Thank you for showing up. We had a, we had a little fun doing the intro there. <laughs> uh, so I think this is going to be an awesome episode. Back-to-back episodes with guests from the Midwest. I'm absolutely pumped being a Midwest guy myself. I told you, you know, I grew up in Fargo. You played in the Fargo-Moorhead area which for people don't know, that's the North Dakota-Minnesota border. Let's just jump right into that. You went to college at Concordia, a D3 school, which is crazy to go to in the first place and make it to the NFL. Was the NFL ever on your mind early on in your college career? And if so, at what point do you make it your goal to get to the league? Honestly, the NFL has been my goal since I was, what, five years old. I grew up, like, you know, kind of we talked about, I grew up a Midwest boy, too, from a super small town called Spicer, Minnesota, about two hours west of Minneapolis. Um, But I grew up watching the Vikings, was a huge Viking fan growing up. I was uh, able to watch, you know, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Dante Culpepper, Robert Smith, there's, you know, a few guys I always kind of looked up to, uh, Randy Moss was always kind of the inspiration for me to actually play receiver. Um, well, him and Chris Carter, I should say. Uh, just like how dominant they were in the field, how they made everything look so easy, uh, their confidence. Um, you know, just just to get the old the old Metrodome, they'd get that thing fired up. And it was just, it was always something so fun for me. I always look forward to Sundays. And so I, I think I... Well, I know like during during my uh, graduation, you know, back in high school, we're going through an old box of stuff. And I had a little thing from kindergarten where, you know, it was, you know, draw what you want to be when you grow up or, you know, what, what do you ever, whatever you want to be when you grow up. And I drew myself in a Minnesota Vikings jersey. Um, and it, it was pretty cool to see that, you know, like thinking about it now after going through everything I've been through so far. Just to go back and see that, you know, my goal never wavered. Um, the, it was it was honestly just something that always something I wanted to do. And I'm very stubborn about like, my goals and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I didn't I didn't really let other people try to persuade, try to like, you know, persuade me away from it and whatnot. It was just it was always the main thing for me. That's incredible. So you say it was always the main thing for you. Were you ever I mean, obviously you went to college and got a degree right? Mm -hmm. Um, What was your plan if it didn't work out? So that's the thing is when, so like, you know, you kind of talked about, you know, when did I decide in college? It was always in the back of my mind in college. It's not something I told a lot of people about. Um, Because, you know, some people work off of motivation from their haters and whatnot. Um, That was never me. I just, it, it, it was always more so just about proving myself right. I always felt like I had the talent. I always felt like I had the work ethic. Um, and so I just always wanted to prove myself right. So I didn't tell many people I was going to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was sometime, it, it wasn't probably until like my junior or senior year when I, you know, finally kind of started to tell people a little bit uh, that I actually wanted to play. Yeah. Well, That's awesome. What, what was the question again? Oh, you know, you're all good. Uh, the question was like, 
uh, what career path would you have chosen? Oh, so uh, sorry. I, I, knew, I knew I had a point to that. Um, <laughs> so like when I, when I was starting to go through like the whole, you know, combine process and whatnot after college, um, I never had a backup plan because I just heard a quote by Will Smith one time, like don't have a plan B cause it distracts from plan A. And I took that to heart. And so like I told myself it was either this or nothing. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I graduated with college with a, you know, exercise science degree, a minor in nutrition. And I literally got that degree because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I knew I wanted to play football. And so I told myself like, let's go study the body, see how the body works, see how to, you know, feel the body, because that's going to help me in my, you know, my future profession, which was going to be football. So, um, I mean, I was kind of all in from the start. That's incredible. Who would have thought that Will Smith would have been such an inspiration? Uh, I personally. Biggest Will Smith fan. You're the biggest Will Smith fan. All right. Not the biggest. I Not not the biggest. I'm a big Will Smith fan. I love his movies and I love, I love a lot of the, I don't know. A lot of the stuff he has to say, he has a lot of motivational stuff um, out on the internet that I've that I've listened to in the past. Well, that's awesome. You talked about your pre-draft process, the combine. You were in a unique situation being from a D3 school, like we mentioned. You had to go to North Dakota State's Pro Day to be in front of scouts. What was that situation like for you? And what were you hearing about potential interest leading up to the draft? Well, you know, coming from the small little school, Concordia, who ran a triple option. Shout out Concordia. Shout out Concordia. uh, You know, running the triple option, being a receiver there, I kind of put myself as low as you can go on the totem pole, Um, you know, trying to make it to the next level. So, you know, getting even getting into the the pro day wasn't wasn't an easy process for me. Um, You know, just, you know, coming coming over from Concordia. And like I said, just being in that triple option, there wasn't a lot of well, there was definitely no noise about me and it was, it was almost like a favor, um, to try to get me in there and shout out coach Haran, my, you know, my college coach, he, you know, has some connections over there and, uh, help, help, just help me get in. Um, and then from there, I felt like I did decent. Now looking back a lot of the film, I think I look super slow. I think I got much faster as time went on, but, um, I always thought I had to be some big bulky receiver. So I was, I think during those during that combine, I think I was you know close to 220 or at or around 220, and then I you know for my entire career I played anywhere from 208 to 215, so I ended up losing a decent amount of weight in that because I just realized I didn't need to be that big. But you know during the combine, like I said, didn't have an agent or anything, so I was just kind of figuring everything out of my out of my own. Um, from there, uh, we, you know, I ended up talking to a few different teams. I think the Eagles had talked to me that day, the Vikings, and I think there might have been one or two other teams that, you know, at least had the interest enough to go ask for my name. Just, you know, what's your story real quick? And uh, but I mean, from from there, didn't honestly didn't have too much um too much noise, too much anything. Um, not not a whole lot came from that, but um I was just, you know, willing to do whatever I could to try to get my name out there. And so you were in the 2016 class. That was when Carson Wentz went second overall. So that's why the Eagles, I would assume, were there for the pro day. Because I was trying to put two and two together there. Yep. Because Carson Wentz, NDSU product and whatnot. How hard was it not having an agent? Like, what was the biggest obstacle that you faced? Because, like, those are the guys that gauge interest from NFL teams. They kind of put your name out there. You have to do all of that by yourself. Yep. 
um, I mean, not having an agent was, it, it just, you know, put everything on me. So I had to figure out how to put myself out there. I had to figure out how to get into these pro days, these, these different workouts. It was honestly just like, you know, that essentially became my job outside of working out. It became, how can I get my name out there? How can I get my, you know, my, you know, just portray my abilities to other people? Um, how can I sell myself? And so a lot of things kind of came from that. It came from, um, so I ended up going through this process with my quarterback from college, Griffin Neal. He was my, uh, my quarterback for two years in my college, uh, sophomore, junior year. Um, he ended up going over to overseas. He played in the GFL two, um, and ended up winning the championship MVP over there. And so by the time he was done, you know, I just graduated college and he, he hit me up one day and was just like, uh, you know, are you going to take a shot at the NFL? And I said, yeah, I don't know exactly know what I'm doing yet. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm going to try for it too. I got a quarterback coach and stuff down in Arizona. Let's just go figure it out together. And so I moved literally through everything in my car and moved down to Arizona with him. And uh, that's kind of where we began our journeys. And so it was a lot of bouncing ideas back and forth uh, with each other. Um, we would send cold emails out to any NFL team. I didn't care if it was a scout. I didn't care if it was a cook. I was sending, <laughs> we made things called athlete resumes. Um, and that was just, you know, our name, our school, a list of accomplishments, all of our pro day stuff, you know, our 40, our L drill, you know, all those kind of times. Um, it had a link to, uh, to our huddle film. Um, and just our, essentially our references were a bunch of football coaches that, you know, we've had, and we would email blast it out to whatever, whatever NFL email we could get it out to, um, you know, go on to different, you know, again, we had to be unique about how we got into these different workouts and whatnot. So Haran was working on the NDSU workout for me. Um, I just, you know, through some research found out there was a thing called the, the NFL regional combine, which isn't a thing anymore, but essentially what it was is, uh, I paid $250 to go work out at the Cardinals facility. Um, at the Cardinals facility, they took you through uh, just a bunch of different drills, um, you know, routes on air, um, just, you know, your typical pro day combine type stuff. Um, from there, I think, I think there's only, I only remember seeing just a handful of scouts there, but they were like, this is something we send out to all 32 teams. So your, you know, your, your film and everything is going to get out there. So, um, ended up, you know, doing that. Um, that's when I first found out about the CFL. And uh, just going on to literally every single website, they had, you know, a list of tryouts uh, of where they're going to be. And so we ended up signing for four of those, signing up for four of those tryouts. And while we're there, we're doing the same thing, just trying to sell ourselves uh, as much as possible. So, I mean, it was, it was quite a journey um, and definitely, definitely not easy, but I learned a ton from it. You know, sometimes the best path isn't the easiest one. It's the hard one. And you've definitely went through that yourself. Let's talk about the CFL. So you went undrafted in the 2016 draft. You mentioned how through these regional combines, that's how you found out about the CFL. How did that all come about? I mean, was that kind of your, I don't want to say backup plan, but you always had your, um, you always were thinking about the NFL. Yep. Was the CFL just kind of like, okay, if nobody offers, we'll do that. Uh, I, I mean, I guess so. Um, it was, I honestly had no idea 
Um, didn't really know anything about the CFL. Um, but, you know, we found out there was a bunch of tryouts near us and whatnot. And so I think our first one, like I said, we were in, we were in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We drove to Reno, Nevada, uh, just outside of Vegas for our first tryout and had no idea what to expect there. Didn't really know the rules. Um, and they have weird rules there, don't they? They have like 12 players in the field, 12 wider, players. longer fields. Yep. Uh, 13 yards wider. Um, end Only zones. three downs, right? Three downs. Yep. Uh, end zones are 10 yards longer. Um, so it's, hmm. it's quite a bit. And that's why you get that 12th man out there, but there's a ratio of how many Americans you can have there. It's kind of like a lot of other, you know, overseas football. Um, they, they try to keep the ratio because if not, it would be all Americans playing up there or more, more Americans playing up there. That, so they want to keep it at a Canadian game. So, you, you know, there's a couple other, other like obstacles to battle through that. But uh, yeah, ended up doing, uh, you know, f- the four different CFL workouts. And uh, I ended up getting three contract offers from those four workouts too. So it was, it became a backup plan without me intentionally wanting it to become a backup plan, I guess. Uh, but I mean, every single scout and coach and GM I talked to in the CFL, I t- all told them the exact same thing um, that NFL is my goal. I want to be an NFL player. I see myself as an NFL player. Um, I was essentially using them as a backup. Um, and so like they, they all knew going in and you know, it's, I'm sure everybody that was there at those tryouts had the same exact thought. Um, I don't know what other people were saying, if other people were telling them that too, but um, I was always just very upfront with them that it's the NFL is, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's fair enough. You mentioned you didn't know anything about the CFL before joining it. Um, I really didn't know too much about it either until a friend of the program, Benjamin St. Juice, who plays for the Commanders, yep. he came on. He talked about it. You guys share the same agent, I found out. Yes. So that's super cool. Uh, yeah, Case is awesome. He's helped me set up um, the Benjamin St. Juice interviews. He's a great guy. I yeah. think our email chain's about 80 emails long, so we're always going back and forth. That's cool. And, yeah, you got some good representation there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so Case is – you know, an agent as well, um, does a lot of the marketing side, but, uh, Ben and I both share, I don't know. Do you know Jamie Moton at all? Um, I, I've heard of him because I, he- I heard he works with both of them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Jamie's actually my best friend from high school, best friend, really? from, like, best friend from like middle school, like, well, not even middle school, like elementary. Um, one of my first friends that I honestly kind of had. And, uh, so it's, it's been super cool to take that journey with him too. Um, cause now he's not only representing me, he's representing my brother as well. And so like, we're, you know, we just kept the same family we did growing up and, you know, put it into the NFL now. So it's, that's that, I mean, that's a whole nother story in itself. I could tell a lot of stories about that. Yeah. That's crazy. Why well, I, I mean, I've seen him on Instagram, but I never, yeah. never thought, Oh, Hey, he's from Spicer, Minnesota population of 1100, but yep. you know, here we are. Right. Um, before we dive any further into your time in the NFL, I want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, Pristine Auction. Pristine Auction is a proud sponsor of For the Athlete. They are one of the largest auction houses for sports memorabilia, collectibles, and of thousands of items ending daily. Go check them out and use registration code FTA for $10 off your first purchase. The link is in the description. Thank you, Pristine Auction, for sponsoring. 
Now back to the rest of our conversation. After you went nuclear in the CFL, posting almost 1,700 yards during the 2018 season, you finally got your shot in the NFL with the hometown team, the Minnesota Vikings. What did it mean to finally get your shot in the league and doing it with the team you grew up rooting for on Sundays? I mean, honestly, it was a it was a dream come true for me. Like I told you the story before, um, Vikings was always you know a, a dream for me, um, and to be able to cause, you know I had been playing up in the CFL for the last two years, and although my parents did you know come watch, and I did have a few friends come visit me, like it was so cool to be back home um, where all my friends and family could you know go cheer for their home team, and you know I was actually a part of the home team now, so. Um, it was just, it was just honestly like a surreal thing. Um, yeah, just, just something I was obviously super proud of. Um, just the team I grew up watching, I now became part of their history. Um, so it was, it was definitely a dream come true. Yeah. I remember seeing like a ticket on the bottom of the screen saying Brandon's Ilstra active for the Vikings. And I'm like, holy buckets. That's the, that's Concordia Cobbers guy. Mm-hmm. He's playing with the NFL, the hometown team. And the first thing I thought of was Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen from the Detroit Lakes area went to Minnesota Mankato, which is where your brother went to college. And we're going to talk about that too. But he made it to the NFL when I drafted. You did the same thing. What, how was working with Adam Thielen? What was your relationship with him like? And what was the biggest thing you learned from him? Um, I mean, I leaned on Adam a lot. Um, I just... And I, I still love the way he plays. I think he is just a smart and savvy route runner, um, very crisp with what he does. Obviously, he makes the catch when it's thrown to him too. But I just – I was always – I love when people run beautiful routes and manipulate defenses and whatnot. And, you know, he does it with the best of them. And he's showing he can still do it at, what, 33, 33 years old, I think. Um, so just the fact that he's been able to do it for that long um, – but I, I mean, I probably annoyed him, if I'm being honest. I <laughs> asked a lot of questions. Um, I tried to mimic a lot of stuff he did. And so um, I just felt like my skill set was more relatable to somebody like him versus somebody like a Diggs who was a lot more twitchy um, and whatnot. And so, like, I just – I saw how much success he had. And like I said, I just watched how smart and savvy and how he just manipulated defenses, um, defenders so much. And so I just tried to emulate my game essentially after him. And, um, you know, I, I think the last time we, we played against each other in 20, what was it? 2022, uh, when the Vikings came to uh, Carolina, and that's that was, I remember that's a conversation I had with him. Just, bro, you've taught me so much and, you know, I appreciate you and I'm still learning from you. And um, so he was he was definitely a guy I leaned on um, just to try to elevate my game as much as possible. I read somewhere that he mentored you, but I didn't know all of the logistics of it. So I want to make sure I asked. And you guys obviously stay in touch now or a little bit less? Yeah, um, I've, I think I've worked out with him. Was it earlier this year, maybe? Um, back in Minnesota. So we actually used to work out at the same um, gym, uh, ETS, uh, back in Minneapolis, which now they're kind of all over the place, but uh, um, knew knew the same guys and, you know, would work out together. So I was, I was able to be with them in the off season as well. But, you know, we always just kind of had, you know, a small, small town, Minnesota, whatever connection, but 
not only that, you know, you kind of mentioned it too. He went to, or my brother went to the same school as him and, you know, played the same position. So try to razz him a little bit just because Shane started to break his records a little bit. So I made sure to let <laughs> him know. I mean, you got to do a little friendly chirp every once in a while. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Next competition. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, let's talk about you and Shane, right? After spending two years with the Panthers, well, actually, before we do that, you spent two years with the Panthers. You had career highs in your second – or three, three, sorry. Three years, three years yep. with the Panthers. Um, you had career highs in, I want to say, your second or third season. What went into leaving? Was that to join your brother in Detroit, or how did that work out? No, so when I was with Carolina that, that last year, um, you know, kind of coming off my career year, in that in that offseason during OTAs, I had uh, – herniated disc in my back and was dealing with sciatica a little bit. And I don't want to give excuses and whatnot, but I definitely wasn't myself. I wasn't the same player. Um, kind of that off season, just kind of dealing with that. And, uh, you know, and towards the end of it, you know, obviously there's a lot of good guys in there and whatnot. Um, and from everything I've heard and everything that we kind of knew, uh, it sounded like I was kind of a, not a lock for the team, but it sounded like I was going to make the team. And then a day before the cut deadline, they went and traded for uh, LaVisca Chenault and ended up taking my spot, in, you know, in place. And so when that trade came through, I knew I was, you know, one of the more bottom guys, mainly used for special teams and whatnot. And so um, I knew that I was probably on the out. And so uh, when I got cut, I ended up, I actually told my agent, I was just like, you know, I need, you know, couple of weeks, I'm going to try to get my back right. Like I'm one, I don't know if I'm going to pass the physical if I was to go work out for other teams. And two, like, it's just, it, football is not even enjoyable for me right now. Like um, it's just, it's hard to get through a practice um, and whatnot. So I, I ended up staying in Charlotte and honestly just kind of rehabbed um, for probably a month, noticed it wasn't getting much better. And so then I hit up my agent again. I was like, whatever, let's just go do some workouts. And so I went and did uh, one in Arizona, um, went and did one with the Colts and then Detroit called and obviously picked up that phone call and went and right um, away. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, went and did the workout and they signed me right afterward. And that was, that was something that was probably even cooler than playing for Minnesota for me. Um, was to be able to suit up next to my brother. Um, that's something we talked about when we were uh, still in when I was in college and he was in high school. You know, he was looking at all these. He's getting offers from everywhere and whatnot. And um, he talked about, you know, like, you know, I should I come to Concordia? And I said, dude, you're way too good for Concordia. You need to get out there. And I was just like, if I was like, because we wanted to play together in college because we never got to in high school. And I was just mm -hmm. like, you know what? We'll just have to meet each other in the league. And, you know, four years later, five years later, we actually made that happen. So um, something super cool, something I'm obviously going to cherish and remember for forever. Concordia kind of caught astray there. Uh I, I just I wanted him. I wanted him to, you know, I, I mean, I, I knew his talent. I saw his talent. I played at the next level at that point. I knew. I knew what he had talent for and where he kind of should be playing. I don't know why he didn't get more D1 offers. I think it's a little bit, you know, just coming from a smaller school and the competition we play probably wasn't the best. And But I knew, I knew he definitely had uh, Division One talent. 
and I wanted him to try to, you know, just reach his fullest potential and go out there. So I love Concordia, but there we go. There we go. All Concordia fans, they can, they can be quiet now. He, <laughs> he, he righted the wrong. Well, yeah, I have a cousin who played basketball there. I have a family friend who's quarterback there right now. So okay. definitely some, some Concordia ties. They might be listening to this. So I just wanted to give you a little hard time there. Go uh, what, what, what was your favorite part about playing with your brother? He mentioned how that was kind of a dream of you guys, dream come true. What was, what was the best part? I mean, I don't even know if there was a best part. I guess the first game that we were both suited up together, he scored a touchdown. And so for me to be able to watch that while I'm suited up, um, I think we were also on a kickoff or a kickoff return together. But just to be out there, you know, at the highest level of, of the profession, um, to be suited up together um, was just it was just something super cool. So, you know, he scored his touchdown. The first thing he did was come over to me and we gave just a, each other just a big hug. And, uh, you know, that was just that was years and years and years and years of hard work. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can speak for Shane just because I've I've seen that dude work. But um, I don't know. It was, it was just something super cool. And, you know, not only was it cool for us, it was just cool for our families in general. Um, obviously our parents were super excited. They didn't have to stream two different games. They could watch the same game now. And, um, yeah, it was just honestly just a cool moment, moment, not even for us, but for our family as well. Well, thanks to Detroit, the Sunday NFL ticket sales went down a little bit. <laughs> they didn't have to buy both games. Uh, you two are quite the team. Not only did you play last season together, but you also put on a football camp in your hometown over the summer. How much fun was that? And what was the biggest thing you wanted the kids in attendance to take away from it? Honestly, that it ended up turning out way better than we thought it would. Obviously, it was our first thing. That's something we had talked about for a long time. Back in high school, we uh, we always wanted to attend football camps and there was never anything around or they're really expensive or they're you know just far away and whatnot. And so we always talked about, you know, we should run our own football camp. And, um, I think we started to during one of the COVID, I think when COVID first hit and then we had to put it on the back burners and then, um, you know, ended up taking a while to get back to it. But what we told the campers and what we wanted to get out to them is, um, we essentially taught them all the stuff that got us into the NFL. So we showed them, um, different four cone, four cone drills. We talked about, uh, we showed them, you know, just different footwork, stance and start routes, um, you know, ladder drills, just a lot of different stuff that you're like the, the goal of the camp was to expose them to all these different things. And then something that you can take and go do in your backyard, like we used to do, because like I said, these are all drills we did since high school, but we just wanted to expose people and then teach them different, different, you know, drills and tools and whatnot that they can start applying to their own life. Cause you know, a camp is what an hour and a half or whatever they got, they got to it, but the stuff you're getting from the camp, you can use for years. And so it's like something that was super fulfilling for me is just, you know, some of the parents coming up afterward talking about how much fun their kids had. And then, um, like a week later, or it was a day later. Um, one of the parents reached out to us on social media and was just like, after the camp, our kid went and put, you know, four shoes in the driveway and was doing the same cone drills he learned at the camp. And I was just like, 
was like that that right that alone right there is worth it for us like the kid the fact that kids are actually applying it and want to apply it um it was just it was super cool and super fulfilling for us that's for sure why you do it in regards to your future in the league what's the plan are you taking it one day at a time trying to play in maybe the cfl again nfl again what does the future look like for brandon zilstra no nah, i'm i'm a little bit in that career transition phase um you know, I've played seven years professionally now and absolutely loved my time in the CFL. Wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, wasn't able to accomplish all the stuff I set out to accomplish in the NFL. But, you know, playing with my brother this last year, you know, I when I sit and reflect on that, I'm just like, there's not there's not too much that's going to top that, that moment for me um, in the NFL. And I, you know, at the top of my head, the only thing that would you know, equate to something like that would be a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl win. Um, so I, you know, I can, I can step away from the game confidently now and, um, just, you know, satisfied like with, I I guess, like what I did. Um, I, I am looking forward to the next, the, the next part life after football. Um, just, I've been able to experience and meet so many different people, you know, all over the country, all over the world, to be honest. And uh, now just to kind of go out and, you know, I don't know, do, do something else big. Yeah. What are you looking forward to the most life after football? And if the right opportunity came, would you consider it? Uh, so I have had uh, my old coach in Edmonton is now in Montreal. He's they've they've sent out a, a few calls now and um, <laughs> I've had I've had a lot. Yeah. A lot of phone calls. I've actually met with them in person one time and. Um, and, but I was, I was very honest with them too. Um, you know, I, as much as I love the CFL, I don't, I don't know if I need to, or want to, um, go play up there again. You know, it's a, it's a dangerous sport in general. And if you don't, if your head's not fully in it, like you're just asking to get hurt or, um, you're being selfish to the team, I think. And just being that my head's not 100% in it anymore or as, as of right now, it, you know, I just told them, you know, you, you wouldn't get the best me essentially. Um, and so just very open and honest with them. But um, if the right opportunity came, I, I guess I'd have to sit and think about it. Um, but, you know, what I'm looking forward to after football now is just getting involved in something that's you know, going to push myself in something else, going to start up something or, you know, whatever it is, but essentially put all that, all that time, energy and effort I put into football. I'm excited to go put into something else now, something that's not, you know, decaying my body, uh, you know, beating it down. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to go put my passion into something else now, you know, I've put, it's been in football for, you know, as, as long as I can remember. So I'm just excited to see what's next. I don't, I don't exactly know what's next, but um, I'm excited for it. Well, hey, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see whatever you do in the future. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll be keeping tabs on it. Uh, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Anything else that you're passionate about that you want to share? Um, not really. I, I enjoy doing podcasts like this. So I appreciate you reaching out. Um, no brainer for me that I was going to get on. Um, um, I enjoyed telling my story. Um, I, we got a, we got a nice blooper reel for you. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, the intros were definitely interesting there. Uh, 
<laughs> no, that was awesome. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you for coming on because this is what For the Athletes all about, letting athletes tell their story and just talking about the humanity side of these guys who are risking their bodies and their health and their overall futures for basically the entertainment aspect for fans. And fans don't really understand that, so I like to talk about that. And you have a phenomenal story being D3 to the NFL, and it's been incredible to watch. Cool. Well, I appreciate you, Brooks. Thank you for coming on. I'm your host, Brooks Huber, signing off until next week. You just listened to the Brandon Zilster episode on For the Athlete. Thanks for listening to For the Athlete. As always, be on the lookout for another athlete appearance next week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and wherever you listen to podcasts.